Maureen Dickey, who's the family matriarch. We are actually still a family-owned business. Mrs. Dickey was a Dallas County Commissioner for eight years, and she was very close to law enforcement in our first responder community. And that terrible night in July of 2016, she saw that, and she saw that officers either weren't wearing protection, or it was expired, or it wasn't good enough, and they were killed, and they were injured because of it. And she said, enough, not on my watch. This stops now. I have so much respect for you all that are going out there and, and helping people, protecting and serving, and quite frankly, you are dealing with people on some of their worst days. For me as a civilian, I, I look at what you all are doing. You're helping people on their very worst day, and if we're able to help you by providing that gear, that's important. If, if people are listening and say, man, I want to help too, if they go to their local Dickies and they buy our big yellow cup, the proceeds from every single Big Yellow Cup help the Dickey Foundation. Right. So that's a really cool thing. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a neat way that people get to help and that we then turn around and use those funds to help first responders. And as a civilian, I'm thrilled that that's something that I'm able to help facilitate. You know, I do have people that say, you all are doing this, is this political? It's not political. It's 100% about keeping folks safe. We're talking about the idea of of community policing and yes. really being a part of that community so that people see see officers as people. Y'all are people just like we are. Because look, we know y'all have really hard jobs. We know y'all go do cool stuff. We know you have to deal with bad stuff. But it also, it's important that we know that you're people. You're listening to the ATL Bridging The Divide podcast. Brought to you by the Assistant Officer Foundation. Since 1999, the ATO has given assistance to the first responder community, and now we want to give a platform to hear their incredible stories. We also want to hear the stories of the many people that support us. Our community is small, but it is strong. We have differences. We don't always agree, and we all make mistakes. But together we can grow. We can heal, and we can learn from those mistakes. And together, we can bridge the divide. Welcome back, folks, to the Bridging the Divide podcast. I'm very grateful to welcome on today's guest. This is going to be our first organization we have on that supports first responders. And... She's actually the one who put the bug in my ear to start a podcast. Uh, when she said it, I had no idea that what it would be about or even if I could do it. Um, but here I am. She is the executive director of the Dickies Foundation. She's Before this, she was 15 years in nonprofit, former nonprofit leadership management, communication, fundraising former SMU grad pony up pony up she started the Dickies Foundation in January 2020 and then the pandemic hit and that's hard for any nonprofit she's an incredible person I've gotten to know her, know her for the last year I'm excited to welcome on Betsy Orton. Betsy, thanks for being on. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here. All right. 
So I want to talk about the Dickies Foundation. I actually met Miss Dickey back in 2016. It was November of 2016. It was after the shootings. Uh, Dallas was reeling. Everybody was running out to try to find protective gear. Uh, and most officers, including myself, were, we were buying our own. And uh, Minnie Carruth actually introduced me to uh, Miss Dickey, and we kind of hit it off. And her organization uh, was, at the time was Barbecue Boots Barbe and Badges. Mm -hmm. And we started doing fundraising for uh, ballistic rifle plates for the Dallas Police Department. Uh, the gang unit was the first to uh, receive these uh, plates. Uh, and there was a lot of challenges that we ran into from a lot of red tape that people kept trying to throw up. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And it's probably going to uh, upset one particular person. But he is no longer, uh, no longer active. So it's okay. So it is now your stage. <laughs> well, well, thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. And to, to that point, um, Maureen Dickey, who's the family matriarch, we are actually still a family-owned business. We're celebrating 80 years this year. Um, so it, it is a family business. But uh, Mrs. Dickey was a Dallas County Commissioner for eight years. And she was very close to law enforcement in our first responder community. And that terrible night in July of 2016 she saw that and she saw that officers either weren't wearing protection or it was expired or it wasn't good enough and they were killed and they were injured because of it and she said enough not on my watch this stops now and um, well in 2016 I wasn't I wasn't with the foundation yet they did work with Dallas Police Department to make sure that they could uh, they could help provide you all with that rifle rated armor that that is a very important thing uh, as you mentioned it was barbecue boots and badges originally but it has grown since then, and it's now the Dickey Foundation. Uh, we're tied a little bit closer to it to our parent brands there. Uh, Dickey's Barbecue Pit, <laughs> if, if, if you're familiar with it. Um, I'm very yeah. familiar with it. <laughs> very familiar with it. I, yes. I love that. Love hearing that. Uh, the original one, still right here at Knox and Central, been here for 80 years. I've enjoyed uh, some old fashions with you there. <laughs> yes, we have our Central Bar there. We've got yeah. uh, lots of good cocktails that go great with barbecue. I agree. <laughs> so... I've been going over your bio, and it's it's pretty it's very impressive. You have already to date you've raised uh, over one hundred fifty thousand, and you have gathered donations for protective gear for both police and fire. It's not just law enforcement that your organization um, uh, helps out. You've gotten helmets and shields, you've bunker gear, protective shields and armor radios uh, for fire, quick clot, first aid kits. You have, to mention, recently uh, you've helped out the Russ County Sheriff's arm, give them armor for 32 officers. Rowlett PD, you got 13 sets of SWAT gear. Uh, NSPD, you uh, provided helmets and shields. And recently, Monument Police uh, Department in Colorado, uh, you teamed up with Shield 616 and outfitted them in protective gear. Uh, I saw that. I saw that picture, and um, you took with a group, and they couldn't be more happier. 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the best part of my job is getting to help people, getting to help first responders, getting to go out and, and do those grants. I mean, yes, it, it, we're, we are a nonprofit, so there's always fundraising going on. There's always other activities uh, that we've got. But the best part the best part is when I get to go out there. And like you said, I was out in Colorado recently. We were supporting the Monument Police Department with Shield 616. We've been out in Ennis. We've been out in Henderson, which is Russ County, and really getting a chance to meet with these officers. And when I was out in Russ County, the, the, it was for the Sheriff's Department. They were so appreciative. They said, thank you so much for, for making this possible because we were able to do new soft armor for them. And they've got a new sheriff out there. And if they even had armor, it was already expired. It was already out of date. Right. And that, that's dangerous. I mean, they're, they're, they, they are covering a huge amount of, of acreage, um, you know, there in that area. But they, and they're also encountering some, some weird stuff out there. Yeah, we... this. Dallas PD, we're, we're the top ten department in the country, and and we do we do get a lot of assistance uh, from the city. We get a lot of things on grant, and also donations from uh, organizations uh, like yours and the Dickies Foundation. I mean, it started in December of 2016, and we are now now all outfitted with Angel Armor uh, ballistic plates, uh, and it started with uh, Miss Dickey and your foundation. Um, but I could see the smaller organizations, smaller uh, departments in fire, that they don't have that kind of assistance. And their equipment is so subpar. And a lot of those officers out there, uh, they're out there, some of those people out there, just two people on a shift. And when they when some critical incident happens, they don't have a lot of help right around the corner. And their gear uh, and also their training which also isn't the best because of funds, uh, they have to rely on that. And when your organization gives them that kind of equipment, I, I can't imagine how just appreciative they are, but that, that you know, sadly, in some of these smaller towns, their own cities cannot help them because of the funds, but you step in. Absolutely, and we, we love Dallas, and we love Dallas PD. This is right. home, um, but we understand that is a very large police department, yep. and quite frankly, the funds that we have are going to be limited, but we know, particularly when we look at some of these smaller departments, where we can really make a difference. If we're talking about a fire department there in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and they need new firefighting suits in Napa, that they need new firefighting, um, you know, that they needed something in Apple Valley, California, water rescue gear in Commerce Township, Michigan, what Whatever it is, we know that a lot of these smaller places uh, are actually places where we have stores because we now have 600 stores across the country and around the world. <laughs> it's 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 pretty fantastic. Wow. What what other um, what other countries do y'all touch? Uh, we just opened our second store in Japan, uh, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we've got Brazil coming online. Uh, we've got the wow. UAE as well. We've got uh, a number of other uh, stores that are in international development. So we're excited about that. And you know what? The Dickey Foundation would love to be able to help uh, internationally. So we're, we're growing as our stores are growing. Yeah, well, I mean, you're like, like you said, you're about to have your 80-year anniversary. I mean, that's... I just hope I live to eighty. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that got dark. That got dark. Uh, we want, well, you, to, no, we want you. We want you to take good care of yourself. But we do. We do have our 80th anniversary coming up, uh, October 28th. We're doing a party at the Rustic. We're gonna have award-winning country artist uh, Josh Ward uh, be there, and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a party. It's party eight years in the, eighty years in the making. We're excited about that. That's awesome. At the end, at uh, towards the end, I want you to give the information about how people can buy tickets and how they can donate. Um, I want to welcome on a guest co-host today, 
It's child abuse detective Kristen Green. Kristen, thanks for helping me out. Thank you. Um, Betsy, I think a lot of people don't realize how prohibitively expensive some of this equipment is. And even larger agencies, but especially smaller agencies, just don't have the funds to keep them, to purchase them and both keep them maintained. Um, and that's just for basic equipment. So when you start talking about like heavy vests and rifles and you know you got to have flashlights for your rifles it gets like the costs add up and a lot of times the officers or the firefighters shoulder that burden by themselves so I think it's really helpful anytime they get assistance in that how do you guys part wind up partnering with different agencies and kind of figure out what the different agencies need sure so for this year because it's our 80th year we picked certain markets that we were we knew we were going to be doing projects in uh and reached out to our owners that are there and say who do you want to support in your area but we also had other owners we also had other agencies that came to us and said hey i also want to support my area so we said great let's do that so it was a matter of finding um those agencies and needs matching those needs with kind of what we had available funding wise and really turning around and making those possible yeah so do you have like a lot of people that just, like she was saying, reach out? And how do they do that? What is the process for them to reach out uh, to ask for assistance? Certainly. So uh, they can visit our website, thedakeyfoundation.org. We've got our grant application on there. My contact information is on there. I always encourage agencies to reach out to me before they take the time to complete the application. Just let's make sure that, that it matches up. We actually, uh, I was working earlier this year with a wonderful police chief uh, in Pecos, Texas, Lisa Tarango. She's a great chief out there. And she and I went through probably two or three, four different rounds of things like, hey, do you all want to support this? And what we ended up uh, helping them with was actually Cellbrite training. Because one of the things we understand that protection is important, and you're nodding because you know Cellbrite, um, because it is, a, it is a software so that way they are able to out there in Pecos in West Texas, I've been to Pecos, you basically fly into Midland, you drive another hour and a half, and there yeah. you are. Um, <laughs> it is out there. Uh, but, but a wonderful department out there, and, and they have some bad things that are going out there, whether it's um, sex trafficking, whether it's child pornography, a lot of really other ugly things that are going to be found on digital devices. So the Celebrate allows them to actually seize those computers and digital devices and forensically investigate them as opposed to having to send them to the Department of Homeland Security. And that's an expensive thing to maintain, not just purchase and train on. So, like, I could see where they would definitely need that software, and then you guys... It would be, but it would be difficult for them to maintain that. Absolutely. And so the, the chief and I, we talked about this. We were able to help them with the training. And the great thing there, this is not just for Pecos. They are now a hub there in West Texas to really help combat those those really terrible crimes that are that are going on out there. So we, we were thrilled to be able to help them. And we were able to work with our local owner out there in our Pecos. Uh, it, we, we have a store in Pecos, wonderful uh, owners, Chris and Amy Compton. Uh, we were able to work with them to, to make it happen. Well, that's it. That's what Kristen does. Kristen works in the child abuse um, uh, division, and she sees some of the most horrific things uh, daily. I couldn't. I could not do that job. Um, I have a young. Uh, I have a young daughter, and I could not imagine working that type of uh, that type of offense. I see all their cases come through, um, and I and I read them, but I I couldn't imagine having to investigate them. Uh, in human trafficking, like you said, it's it's so it's so much more prevalent than people realize uh it's children it's it's adults it's uh, you know it's 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 as bad as narcotic trafficking which is 
insane for in Texas, especially because Texas is a hub. Usually, uh, the drugs come up from the south and they distribute through the state and through the country. Um, I actually have some questions here. Uh, Misty Van Curen could not be here. She's actually out doing real police work right now. She is tracking a suspect with the FBI. So, I mean, I have to say, all of us who are now doing the podcast interviews with you, we love it. It's great. But we're all following Misty, and we're like, well, I, so you know, I, I have to tell you, and I, I listen to the podcast. I love it. You've got great SWAT folks and all sorts of, of fantastic folks on. And, you know, they're talking about when they were kicking down doors and rescuing people. And I'm just like... I'll follow it. I mean, we, we get to help people, and I love what we do. But it is funny because, uh, excuse the language, y'all have some really badass people on this podcast. <laughs> well, the, saying badass, I promise you, that's not the uh, that's not the harshest thing that's going to be said on this podcast. Um, no, it, it it's not about that. It when I you know you urged me to do it, and I, and I had no idea. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I went on. Um, I'm going to talk about your podcast in, in in a second, but you got me to come on, and I really didn't know what to expect. And you know, I haven't done a whole lot. I mean, but it it was fun, and I had no idea what uh, I would even start a podcast about. You kind of pushed me, and then I got an idea, and eventually, you know, at some point. Um, I'm going to tell where that idea came from and how it grew, but you have supported me wholeheartedly through this, and your organization has supported the Assist the Officer Foundation. You're, you're out helping us on the at the golf tournament, going out, passing out drinks and food to golfers and, and, and helping in any way you could, and you spent the day with us out there. And I'm telling you now, uh, you know, thank you. I thank you then, but I want everybody to know how appreciative the, uh, the ATO is uh, from all the help from you and the Dickey Foundation. Um, so, but going back to this podcast, it, I don't want a bunch of crazy shootout stories and, and uh, SWAT stories kicking in doors. I want, organ- I want on organizations and I want on people that support us for years and um, – a lot of people these days, especially supporters from the shadows, and we get donations from here and there, but I've actually literally been told by some people, please don't mention where you got this from. The Dickies Foundation historically has been on a stage. They don't care. I've, I watch your social medias. You donate across the country to law enforcement and also for firefighters, and you don't care. And can you speak on that? It's really because we're proud of what we do. We very much believe in supporting first responders. We know that in the last few years there have been some bad actors um, and there have been some bad things. But for us, it is really about supporting these brave men and women who are going out there and helping people every single day. When we're doing this, this is not a political statement. This is making sure that you get to go home to your daughter every night. This is about making sure that that firefighter has clean, protective gear so they're not, they're already being exposed exposed to so many things. Firefighters, you know, the days of seeing a firefighter in a dirty suit, those are gone because all of that was really nasty carcinogens that were getting leached in through the skin and they were having terrible, um, terrible incidents of really nasty cancers. And so for us, we are all about helping. We want to make sure that that people can go home and tuck their kids in at night. That, that is a really important thing for us. And we're just so proud that we can support our first responders. No, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate hearing that. Um, and I know, (laughs) We have uh, a few listeners to this, and I promise you, they're—they're. They're, uh, I would imagine the majority uh, are 
our first responders, and they are going to really appreciate that. Um, I, I promise you. Um, I am proud to help out and be involved uh, with the Dickies Foundation and have a, a, a good partnership with the ATO and uh, the Dickies. Um, I have some questions for you, for you as a civilian. Okay. Okay. I am. Misty Van Curen actually wanted me, she gave me a list of questions to ask you since she, she couldn't make it. As a civilian, what is your perspective of policing after the recent years? You know, I I have so much respect for you all that are going out there and, and helping people, protecting and serving. And quite frankly, you are dealing with people on some of their worst days. Um, and, and, you know, nobody wants to have to call the police. That never that That's never a good thing. Um, let me call the cops. That's not a great idea. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's a bad, probably a bad day. And so for, for me as a civilian, I, I look at what you all are doing. You're helping people on their very worst day. And if we're able to help you by providing that gear that's important if if people are listening and say man i want to help too if they go to their local dickies and they buy our big yellow cup the proceeds from every single big yellow cup help the dickie foundation mm. so that's a really cool thing so uh it, it's a, it's a neat way that people get to help and that we then turn around and use those funds to help first responders and as a civilian i'm thrilled that that's something that i'm able to help facilitate so this is your first time working when you're working with the dickies foundation working with first responders Yes. So my career, I've, I've spent my career in uh, nonprofit uh, yeah. organizational management and fundraising the last 15 years or so uh, with various organizations. So uh, quite frankly, coming over to the Dickey Foundation, I have friends who are in law enforcement, but really a chance to work with you all. This this is, has been fantastic and I love it. Is it different and like what have you noticed about it or what have you kind of learned working with first responders? And Well, the language is definitely more colorful than when I worked at a preschool. <laughs> what? Um, what are you about? <laughs> no idea. Um, um, but, you know, it, I will tell you, one of the things in nonprofit, and part of the reason I picked a career in nonprofit is not that I believe I'm going to change the world. It's that I believe I can wake up in the morning and I can go out and make just a small amount of difference in my community. And that's a huge thing, whether that's after school education, whether it's preschool education, whether it's the American Red Cross, whether it's the Dickey Foundation, it is knowing that I'm going out there and making a difference. And I will tell you what is consistent is the gratitude. People are so appreciative. First responders, you all are so appreciative of what we're doing. When we're talking uh, to families, we're providing education, so appreciative. When you're going to a disaster area and you're helping people who have um, been affected by a hurricane, they're so appreciative of the help you can give. And so that, that to me, is one of the best things about being in a nonprofit. Yeah, it, like I said, a lot of people now, you know, <laughs> a lot of people now, support us from the shadows have you got any negative feedback from the uh the public and political pressures and and for outwardly supporting us and and how do y'all deal with that you know, I do have people that say, you all are doing this. Is this political? It's not political. It's 100% about keeping folks safe. Uh, they're going out there and they're doing their jobs. I know that my mom and dad don't worry a whole lot about when I come to work. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know that your parents very much do worry about you when you when you go to work. And so the idea that we can help uh, support first responders so it's just um, better likelihood that you're going to make it home safe, that's the important part. You know, and I don't... What's been going on, and, and, and I know it's a it's the minority uh, of people that actually have a microphone and, and a platform, and, and I get it. I, I see the incidents that happen around the country and in the world, and I promise you that 
when an officer or a firefighter or any other first responder does something that's that embarrasses us i promise you nobody is more pissed off and and ashamed as a as a good officer or a good firefighter and we don't like it because we know the ramifications of that we are going to get judged and lumped in as an aggregate of somebody on the outside that you're going to have knuckleheads in every profession there's not one profession in america that doesn't have people that you know screw up and uh, we just have a very unforgiving profession, and um, you know, there's we we you never hear about the the planes that land safely in in our in our country. You just hear about the uh, the crashes, and um, and those get amplified. But it, again, the support y'all give, uh, even in the face of that, uh, I I can't thank thank you enough for that. Well, and it was funny because I was I was actually interviewing. Um Dan Russell on the Dickies Doing yep. Good podcast, okay. and we were talking uh, about some of his experiences, you know, whether it's hostage negotiation. Talking, guess what? We never hear about on the news when hostage negotiation no. goes right. You only hear about it when it goes wrong, and that's a terrible thing. I mean, when when I go out and I get to tell, like, oh, we're giving away vests and we're giving away protective gear, people get really excited about it. Um, and so, you know, people, people love hearing the good stories, and the unfortunate thing is you all are held to a higher standard, and so often it's the bad stories that they're hearing. And I'm sorry for you all on that because we do love hearing the good stories. That's why I love sharing the good stories. It's, it's the fun part. And it's weird working cases since I went to child abuse because you see you're part of the cases that make the news and, like, will be on the news, and you see some of the response to it. And just everybody kind of has an opinion about what happened, even in just a case that we're not involved in, we're just investigating, and everyone has an opinion about what happened or what they think went down or, you know, there must be some lying. And it's so seeing the, like, actuality of what's going on versus what the general public may have an opinion of is actually really enlightening kind of seeing the like disparity between the two of them. Well, and a hundred percent, and you and I were talking at the golf tournament about a lot of things, but we were, it was a really fun day. It was a great (laughs) event. I loved that. But we were talking about the fact that people don't know the whole stories, the news, they're telling it in 15 second snippets, but you all are hearing more about the story. You know about the family dynamics and you see what's going on. Was this a one-time thing? Was this just a, is, is this a, a real issue in the household? And so, I mean, you, you all, you all deal with a lot. And so the fact that we're able to come and support in, in any way, we're, we're all about doing that. People don't call us on their good days. <laughs> right, exactly. No, it, Nobody calls the cops and said, I'm having a great day. And I just like, wanted to see you today. Right. Yeah, and no, it, we see people on their uh, their worst days and, 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 and their worst behaviors and worst moments of their life. And we have to do it, and we have to have people that call us out that they don't necessarily want to call us out, but they have to because they can't handle the situation themselves. Same with firefighters. They're called out for an emergency situation. So are we. Sometimes officers have to go out and be marriage counselors. They have us catching dogs now. I mean, you know, so we're we're doing a variety of things, and we have to be social workers. Uh, Kristen, uh, in her job, she has to. I can't imagine having to do some of those interviews with with uh, these kids and their families, and the, the crimes are against their own uh, their own blood. Uh, it's a tough job. And, um, you know, it's just, I'm, we're so grateful that organizations such as yourself are out there. Um, I want to go back, and I know you weren't part of the foundation then, when the Dickies uh, 
helped us with our angel armor plates. Mm -hmm. We now have all of our officers outfitted with those plates, and uh, you were actually out at our clay shoot with Miss Dickey. You both of y'all shot shotguns. That was interesting. <laughs> it was my first time shooting a shotgun, but I hit, I think, one or two. You did. Uh, you did good. I was pretty proud of myself. I feel like I need to learn how to do this so I can actually shoot this did year. Did you feel that power? When you were, you turned and grinned out. You really, you were shocked. You, I could tell it made your day. You were smiling. You never shot a shotgun. You're not a, a gun nut. And I'm not. Not at all. But I loved it. It was it was fun to see you uh, smiling. And I didn't. I, I, that wasn't planned. We did not plan on. <laughs> Miss Dickey had a blast. She actually won some cool raffle items, and it was it was fun. Hey, we're looking forward to it again next year. Yeah, me too. Um, when I got with her in, uh, in 2016, I did not know her. Of course, I've eaten Dickie's barbecue for years. I mean, uh, I still do. Um, you know, she was so genuine and sweet and meeting with her, I could see the pain in her eyes when we were talking about, uh, seven, seven and she told me what she's doing. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do to help. Cause I'm, I'm nobody <laughs> in DPD. And, you know, um, she started fundraising. We were over at Minnie Carew's house one night, and there were some people there, and we literally raised almost 20 grand just sitting there in uh, a few hours, and those went to the rifle plates. It was pretty impressive to watch. Uh, Miss D uh, work the room and, and, and talk about the passion behind this foundation and I had to start working my end of making things happen in, with the Dallas PD. And we ran into some uh, roadblocks because, you know, people were uh, trying to step in and we didn't understand why. But Miss Dickey pushed through. She wasn't going to, it was you know, and I, and I helped her on that. And we just kind of, you're not stopping Miss Dickey when she has her mindset on something, and I'm sure you know that. <laughs> Absolutely, and she is she is so very passionate about helping yes. first responders, helping law enforcement. It it really is a true passion project for her. Um, she she is incredible, and I will also say she is quick. She'll roll up her sleeves and get out there and do it. To your yes. point, when when they did the plates, uh, you know there was fundraising, there were grants and things like that that made it possible, and the plates arrived and there was no way to distribute them so the Dickey Foundation including Mrs. Dickey they rolled up their sleeves and they were going out and they were handing out these yes. plates and they were oh making they, they, she, they, she even there. had a seamstress there to make sure that they were fitting and sitting correctly in, yep. in the in the vest and that was just such an important thing and you know at Dickey's we're very much if you get a plan let's let's make it happen Let, let's do it and whatever it is whether it's our, our corporate side or foundation side let's make it happen what do we need to do let's move the ball forward well, uh, Lieutenant Bob uh, Bob Owens, he's also a, a, a board member of the Dickies Foundation. Uh, he was on, and, and we were talking about leadership, and you know, and, and, I, and I made a comment that a lot of uh, a lot of good ideas fall by the wayside because of other people get involved, and they're just kind of well, let's they they just have a hard time making a decision, so they just say no. Well, let's just say no because it doesn't affect them, right? And and the people that make decisions like that, they usually throw up uh, the, uh, a lot of red tape, and they don't want to really help. For one, it's not their baby, and two, they're not actually out on the streets in the trenches, uh, you know, and, and needing protective gear uh, as as much as a patrol officer or, or a true first responder. 
not an administrator. Uh, and I was actually out there. Um, at, I went to the quartermaster when Miss Dickey was. She had a lot of her volunteers out there, and and literally these plates aren't the lightest. And she's at there. She's taking them out. She is in. She's keeping track of inventory. She is passing them out to officers. We had lines out the door at the quartermaster, and she was meeting everybody, you know, and, and talking to everybody. It was really impressive, and it was like a three-day deal. She was out there three Friday, Saturday, and that was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and she was out there, and she was there the whole days. And she provided food to the people in the quartermaster. Well, I mean, if Dickie's Barbecue is doing yeah, that, gotta, we're probably yeah. going to we're probably going to show <laughs> up with legit barbecue. Texas well, barbecue, right? Th- th- I showed up for that for the barbecue. That's why so. you showed up. Yeah. The, plate, the plates were just an afterthought, right? Why well, I bought my plates, okay. but <laughs> no, I I can't say enough good things about Miss Dickie and, and her family. I've I've actually met uh, I've met her husband and her kids, and and uh, you know I I love them to death. Um, I want to talk about your podcast. <laughs> All right, Dickie's doing good. Dickie's doing good is the name of your podcast. It's you can li- you can listen to it on the same streaming platforms as you can this one. So, you know, it's on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple. Uh, really, you could find it anywhere on uh, there with the, ours now. And they can listen to your interview because I got to interview Joe. So yeah. if you want to hear the mic turn around on Joe, you can definitely find that. Yeah, one. I had highlight. I had to make up a lot just to get content for that. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. That. Listen. You know. Actually, every pretty much everything I do for this podcast, as far as streaming platforms and even the equipment, I got that those ideas from Betsy. I, you know, she and I went over some old fashions up there at the Dickies, uh, at the corporate. We sit and talked about ideas for this podcast and about the equipment and, and how to go about it and the streaming platforms you you don't realize how much technical stuff goes into this absolutely and it, it is one of those things i mean good conversations happen over smoked old, old fashions of course <laughs> uh but so so the dickies podcast is dickie do, dickie's doing good and we tell it's good stories about good people mm-hmm. doing good things in the community and so it's a great thing because uh i talked to a lot of first responders yourself included mm-hmm. uh Kristen's coming up too uh so we're excited about that so whether, whether it's a first responder or i was talking to folks from child protective investigations or dallas children's advocacy center or collin county casa i mean getting really a chance to to share those stories of folks who really are helping people uh, is a wonderful way to do it. So if I'm able to, to use our nonprofit to help boost other nonprofits, whether it's assist the officer uh, or any of those other ones, we, we love being able to do that. And it's really, it's sharing good stories. Y'all, the, yeah. we, if you watch the news, and I, I'm to the point now, I, I barely turn on the news for more than like sports and weather. Uh, but it, it is one of those things you see so much bad stuff in the news, and so the opportunity to actually tell good stories is is a really wonderful thing. And so we try to make sure that it, um, you know, that that it can bring some joy to people. Yeah, there there are actually good stories out there in the community, <laughs> and and <laughs> and I like that's, I love your podcast because it it, it it's a variety of people. You got you got you have people from animal control on to talk about that. There's a lot of roles that go on in the community. It takes a village to keep a a, a community safe and and take care of each other. And it's not all just police and fire. It's not all just organizations. There are all these other outlets to make a city run and make a community safe. 
absolutely. I mean, whether whether it's folks from from animal rescue with SPCA doing that, or it's folks up in Colorado with animal rescue rescuing a bear from a skate park. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. So That's yeah, like a left turn. It totally did. Yeah, no, but they they end up with like bear, and a bear got caught like in the bowl of a skate park, and they had to, they had to figure out how to do it. Yeah, you got to listen to the uh, to that episode. Yeah, I would be lost. Uh, Tina White. <laughs> yes. So now you're gonna go download that. Uh, but seriously, it it is just it is so much fun to to get to hear the stories. Um, and it, it's funny, everyone I talk to doesn't think they're going to have good stories, and inevitably they all do. Uh, and oh, yeah. Because everyone has good stories to share. I mean, I, I look at what I do, and I love telling people what I do. I love when people are like, well, what kind of grants do you do other than Armor? And I'm like, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm going to be in Michigan actually next week because I got a call from our owner there, and she's wonderful. And, and Peggy said, Betsy, I want to help my fire department. I said, cool. So I called him. I said, Chief what do you need? And he said, Betsy, I need water rescue gear. I said, come again, you're in Michigan. And yeah, right. <laughs> he, he said, but in my little town of Commerce Township, Michigan, I have 50 bodies of water. And if you don't have proper ice and water rescue equipment, it's really dangerous. If you've ever just thrown a rope into water, it immediately takes on that water. It gets heavy, which endangers his firefighters, his volunteer firefighters, and the people who are being rescued. So I said, absolutely, send in the application. I ran it through our board because everything has to go through our board to get approval. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're able to, to provide that for them so that they're able to safely do rescues. And so it is one of those things. It's not just armor and turnout gear. It's let's get creative. What it, what are the various things that you need? Yeah, that just little things like that. The sci- There's a science to every task that's done. And my, my pea brain can't comprehend that <laughs> about the freezing of the road. I mean, you know, my eyes glaze over and I go into deep hypnosis. But people that See, I don't deal in that, so I don't know about it. There's things that I could discuss about law enforcement that most people, they would go into deep hypnosis and, and <laughs> you know, and start thinking about eating a barbecue sandwich or so. They would, they would tune me out. You can do both at the same time. It's okay. No, I do it all the time. Right. I'm, I'm actually eating a sandwich right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's delicious. It's all He's over, got a pulled it's, pork it's, sandwich it's all over, Yeah, it's all over the front of me. I didn't have a bib, so <laughs> and you should have seen the Chris, uh, the mess Kristen's made. <laughs> But kind of on the other stories, like we're partnering with the Phoenix Police Foundation because they um, they needed to put first aid kits in all of their all 500 of their patrol cars, and so that that was wow. a pretty significant <laughs> gift. So we offered a matching gift for that to inspire people because those those are like 50 bucks a piece, and people yeah. are like because so often police officers get on the scene before EMS and before wow. firefighters, and so you know whether it's something you know whether it's a scrape or something like that in a car accident or whether it's something serious because like I said we've got that quick clot and that. I mean, yep. that that can help save lives if people are really injured or gunshots. You know, all the, all these kind of really nasty injuries, we're helping save lives. And like, what a cool thing that that I I'm like, you know, it's funny. We're like, oh well, we're not saving lives, and I'm over here like, well, I kind of am. Um, no. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> no, you don't you don't hear about you don't hear about that that stuff. We don't even hear about it in law enforcement. There's things that you you definitely don't. Think about all the people that you have touched and all these agencies and that you have no clue that how the equipment has been used. Well, I think that in patrol, a lot of time, like you train as much as you can. And in big cities, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of training. And in smaller cities, you may not be as fortunate. Um, but a lot of patrol is just kind of winging it sometimes. You show up to these crazy calls that nobody foresaw, and you can't train for it, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go. So anytime you have, like, more equipment to help with that and go, okay, well, I at least have this to help me, it's going to be more beneficial. And 
better what, outcomes. And I'll tell you, I love talking to police officers. Y'all, y'all end up having really crazy stories about calls you go on. Yeah. And I swear, every single police officer I talk to, I'm talking about crazy stories or whatever. They're like, and this guy was running around. He didn't have any clothes on. And I'm like. Why, yeah. why do people see cops and take their clothes off? That's just weird. We, they, we Have just you met caught. me? <laughs> I mean, there's that. We'll, we'll post a picture for that. Right. Uh, yeah, but everyone's got their clothes on. I know you all can't see this right now, well, but, but it, it is just... Uh, y'all, the, Joe the, didn't the, want the, it, the, but... You no. see a lot of really crazy things uh, in your line of work. Yeah, for some reason... Naked people and police are synonymous. They just they want we, and I'll tell you this. I will say this: there's not any cop that wants to go out and deal with a, a naked person. It's always in the heat of July in Dallas, and a guy standing out in the intersection, and we get a call that they're naked, and nobody is volunteering for that call. <laughs> nobody wants to deal with that. It, yeah, so I'll usually volunteer because it's going to be an interesting call. Like no, you're not naked if you're of your right mind in the middle of the street so you're probably on something and that's going to be an interesting yeah. it's going to be a fun cocktail party story later. yeah that's going to be a fun story right? later. That's, a, that's a whole episode a podcast episode just on the naked sweaty guy in the oh. middle of Ledbetter let me know which episode to skip yeah <laughs> alright I have one final question for you okay from the civilian world how can police officers bridge the divide um it was interesting i was actually uh i was doing an interview and we were talking about the idea of of community policing and really being a part of that community um i was talking to someone and they were talking about you know so often police officers have their bubble and it's their people whether it's a spouse whether it's their close friends and things like that and that is a wonderful resource but it's also needing to branch out of that bubble so that people see see officers as people y'all y'all are people just like we are um you have a badge and a gun and that sort of thing and a cool uniform but it, it it actually really is is reaching out into your communities and being a part of your community, um, whether that's giving back through a sissy officer, whether that's being involved at a at a child's school, whether um, whatever it is, it's it's being out there so that it's not just oh well that's DPD like. I'm not like, oh, I don't want to deal with DPD. It's like, oh, let me call Joe. Let me call Kristen. Let me call any number. So it, it's it's putting a face with it so it's not a badge and a uniform but it's really because look we know y'all have really hard jobs we know y'all go do cool stuff we know you have to deal with bad stuff but it also it's important that we know that you're people um and that that to me is one of those things i mean and people see firefighters and they're like oh there are heroes this is great they run into burning buildings well firefighters also deal with a whole host of other things and so for someone to say oh I've, i know someone who's a firefighter like they had this crazy call but hey there that fire station needs a new smoker or you know let me take them cookies or anything to to help humanize because you all are our local heroes you are and so for us to to get to meet um and really spend time and and visit with our first responders is a huge thing well i think that's a perfect way to wrap this up (laughs) i want to thank you the dickies foundation and i want everybody to know that the dallas pd and the assistant officer foundation we we couldn't be more grateful for being having a friendship and also a partnership with uh, the Dickies Foundation. Please go out and support 
Dickie's Foundation. Look them up. Listen to Betsy's podcast, Dickie's Doing Good. And take a look at that 80-year anniversary. I'm going to be there. Uh, Kristen's going to be there. It's and, it's going to be a good party. Oh, how could it not be a good party? It's 80-year anniversary. Exactly. So it's going to be over at the Rustic uh, here in Dallas uh, in Uptown. And like I said, we're going to have award-winning country music. Josh uh, Josh Ward will be performing. Uh, the tickets include food, drinks, the concert, everything. We're going to have a really cool luxury auction, including uh, being a DPD officer for a day. Because you not only do you get to do yes. a ride-along, you get to do a helicopter ride-along. Yeah. So this is really cool. We've also got some really other cool packages. We've got our chef who's actually going to come to your house and do a barbecue class for like you and a dozen friends. So you you too can be a Dickie's Pit Master. Uh, all sorts of really cool things. So if people want that information, they can definitely find us on Facebook. Uh, they can go to the thedickiefoundation.org and get all that information. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to working with you uh, in the future and continuing our friendship. Absolutely. Thank you so much and thank you all for everything you do. Thank you. Brother, hey sister, I'll never give up on you Hey missus, hey mister, I'll see this all the way through No matter how far the sun and the moon I'll never give up on you you heavy when the going gets tough I'll be your shoulder together we'll run up from the bottom yeah we'll rise above hey brother hey sister I'll never give up on you hey missus hey I'll see this all the way through No matter how far the sun and the moon I'll never give up on you I'll never give up on me.